0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone! It's hot. Oh my the mark of fantasy excellence.
1: You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Yes. It's time for a touchdown!
0: We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the Morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it.
2: Fantasy players, it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Wednesday, January 16th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it, this is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here in the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez, they call me Speeds the Spittin' Statistician, and as always, I am overjoyed. To be joined by my man inaugural FSWA Hall of Famer El Rey De Fantasia. The King, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you feeling? Hump day. Hump day. Mike, mic, 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 How you doing, bro? I'm doing okay. Alright, sounds good. Sounds good. I like to hear that. I gotta tell you, you know. If you watch football all the time, then we're probably seeing the same commercials all the time. And I absolutely love the fact that they're doing the Geico best of ones with the caveman and the hump day and the pig screaming we all the way home and the squirrels that giving each other high five. I think it's an amazing idea for us to like get nostalgic and wax poetic about some of that. But I digress. We got football to discuss because on Sunday, Scotty, it is it sounds like your favorite day. Of the football calendar, I say last weekend was the best, but this Sunday, in my opinion, with you, is the best day, and we are going to break it all down. We're going to give you early spreads, leans, totals, prop bets, and a lot of fun. We got two hours here to uh, dig into that. Let me first give you some news and notes that crossed my radar since we last spoke yesterday, Scott. Um, did you hear the Carolina uh, Panthers owner? Scott, uh, David Tepper saying that, you know, kind of frivolously just being like, yeah, Cam may need to sit out all of 2019, sure. And kind of like, well, if that would get him back to 100%, then sure. And, you know, there's been rumblings about will Cam Newton have another surgery on that shoulder that ultimately kept him out of the last, you know, couple of weeks of the season. Uh, Scotty, are they like kind of proactively going the Andrew Luck route here and being like yo our guy's going to miss over a year what do you think's going on with cam and that shoulder
1: i think i think it's hard to read really right. uh we know it's not a positive situation but sure <laughs> uh i don't think anybody knows for sure outside the building you know just how bad it is but for them to say something like that makes it a legitimate concern it's you know he had a lot of trouble completing passes down the stretch and uh you know if this is the case it, it it sounds like it's it's really just an uncertain situation it was uh david Newton of e s p n was saying say that uh you know the the panthers beat guy for a long time saying that he could sit out the the entire two thousand nineteen season if he goes undergoes another shoulder procedure, but right now the plan is for just rest and rehab before uh before they decided the next course of action, so it's it's really just a wait and see situation. If you play in a dynasty or a keeper league, if, if especially if you play in a keeper league and a lot of a lot of people are going to hold three guys uh, over right. in a lot of formats, you right. can't maybe look at Cam as as your uh, as your keeper candidate in a dynasty league. You're gonna you're gonna have to look at uh, making a move maybe to shore up your quarterback situation behind or around Cam Newton.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, this was jarring to me, Scott, to see this. And quite frankly, my mind, tell me if you think this is right, but my mind naturally jumps to Andrew Luck, Scott. I mean, like, you know, two years later, we know that, You know, he was playing that whole year with, like, a bad shoulder, right? He played on it, with it, for that whole year, then finally had a surgery, and then there were a lot of kind of complications, and it really took, you know, almost two full seasons for Andrew Luck, like, you know... In three years, Scotty, and I know this is impossible to really judge, so I'm just asking you to read the tea leaves and give us your best insight. Like, in three years, are we going to be saying, like, you know, Cam really should have never played in that 2018 season? He played that whole season really messed up, and that made this entire issue a much bigger deal. Like... Is that what we're going to wind up hearing? Because we knew it all season long, Scotty. We were talking about it all season long that he was banged up, that those throws weren't going downfield, that they put someone else in to throw the hail mary. You know that he gritted it out when he probably shouldn't have been there. If only as soon as the Panthers fell out of it, like if the Panthers were one and one in nine this year, might they have pulled the plug on Cam in like week eight? And might that have been much better for his long term prognosis, a la Andrew Luck?
1: I don't think we could speculate about right. what's going to happen three years down the line. Sure. Just, you, <laughs> Andrew Luck and Cam Newton are two different guys, and everybody's body feels differently. We don't know if it's the exact same kind of injury, etc. You know, I think it's a uh, you know it's something that we should ask Doc, Dr. A, you know, who's more experienced in that field. But even Dr. A would tell us that with Cam Newton, that you, you really don't know how, how anybody's body's going to heal. You, we don't know how, how it's going to be three years down the line. What if he gets the surgery and he misses this season? He comes back fine in 2020. What if rest and rehab work for a guy like Cam Newton? We, 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 we just
2: don't know. It's, it's, it's very unpredictable right now. Let me ask you one last question on this, and then we move. We'll, we'll move on. I have been telling you, and a little bit later on, we're going to dig into a uh, 2019 very, very early mock that we did with some of the other experts here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And, you know, all season long, Scotty, I was telling you that I think Christian McCaffrey in PPR settings is a top five pick. I ventured to say he might even be a top three pick. You and I laughed about it like where I was in the mock that I might have showed some stones and grabbed him myself. He did go as a top five pick. If there's legitimate fear of Cam Newton missing the 2019 season, if there is legitimate You know, thought that Taylor Heineke or somebody else that they grab off the scrap heap is going to be their quarterback, what does that mean for Christian McCaffrey?
1: Nothing really. I don't think the value value changes at all. Because Cam Newton was playing with a bad shoulder this year and all he did was flare it out to Christian McCaffrey. It's not like some
2: other backup quarterback can't do that. Right, but might another quarterback actually go to his wideouts more, that can throw the ball. Might this be like that Christian McCaffrey was the offense purely because Cam couldn't get it downfield? Let's say they go out and get, you know, an older guy. I don't know. Let's say they get a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick to hold the dam for one year, you know, that kind of thing. Wouldn't it? Uh, wouldn't that be a lot more DJ more and a little bit less of Christian McCaffrey?
1: It really depends on who they get. Though. Sure. It's, you, know, you got guys like Joe Flacco and Ryan Tannehill out there. Right. uh it's it's not it's not gonna be it's not going to be a whole lot different and I think an offense also has to play to their strengths so i I could see maybe if they get more of a downfield thrower, but really who's out there uh you know that it changes it a little bit, but you know McCaffrey can also catch passes
2: downfield too. Okay. Fair enough. We'll keep something to definitely keep our eye on. Anytime you think a former MVP quarterback could be in danger of missing the entire season, and it's coming from beat reporters, and it's coming from the owner, who's kind of saying it in a you know relatively haphazard kind of way. I think it's a very important thing to keep our eye on. So we certainly will. Um, You know, we talked a lot yesterday. Scotty about the Carson Wentz and the Nick Foles kind of decision that Philadelphia has to make we talked about how the fan base reacts you think that this idea of Nick Foles is really viable that the Eagles are a different team I was kind of saying that I thought Wentz you know as the younger more cost effective kind of guy who I personally believe is better than Foles when he is healthy although I acknowledge the word healthy and maybe injury prone could be a very big issue for Carson Wentz well Doug Peterson came out yesterday day, Scotty, and said that Carson Wentz is their QB one going forward. Scotty, I also want to tell you, I had a poll yesterday for Fantasy Freestyle, and that was my question. Like, how should the Eagles kind of work the QB situation? Check this out, Scotty. 39% of the people, this was a lot closer than I thought, 39% of the people said they that the Eagles need to ride with Carson Wentz, and they need to let Foles walk. 33% said they need to keep Foles and shop Carson Wentz. And this is over, we're talking about about 200 votes here, Scotty. 33, a third of people said keep Foles and shop Carson Wentz. 25%, a quarter of the people said try to roster both QBs. So the people out there are really, really split. But Peterson's coming out saying that, uh, you know, Wentz is his QB1, so that probably means it's financially untenable to try to keep both of them. And Foles, Foles is going to be somewhere else. you think he's going to be a starter next year? Oh, definitely. He's, yeah. he's more accomplished than anybody
1: in recent times and has more upside uh, than any other free agent quarterback. You're going you're to find out there. And really? you're right about about the fight. the fight. Really, it's look who else is out there. No, I mean we could do is... that.
2: Uh, let's play. Uh, give me your falls take, and then maybe we'll rank the guys. But go ahead.
1: Yeah. But uh, you know, with Foles, the finances are a big part of it. This this team is like bottom three in salary cap room, and they have other needs to address, so they have to get Foles off the books.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that is the way it has to go. Right? They do
1: right? have an alternative the way that, that they can go to.
2: What's that? Carson Wentz. Nate White. Sudfeld. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? He's the yeah, starter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, starter. absolutely. He, Carson Wentz is the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Foles is the backup or was the backup for the Philadelphia Eagles. It just so happens that in the last two years, the Eagles needed to go to their backup because their starter had a season-ending injury. But, and Carson Wentz remains the starter for... The Philadelphia Eagles, you know, he was the number two overall pick. He's a guy who was an MVP giving MVP caliber play for the two thirds of the season when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and he's cost effective still on that rookie contract. So, you know, but at the same time, it does make sense that Foles has kind of earned his stripes, shall we say, and does, you know, I'll, to be quite honest, Scott, I'll say the same thing I said about Colin Kaepernick. Nick Foles is one of the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet. He deserves to start. You know, it's the same thing I said about Colin Kaepernick about two years ago, but that one went south in a completely different way. Scotty, we talked yesterday, and we're going to rank those quarterbacks because I do think it's interesting. I'd love to see our, your and ultimately our thoughts. We'll do it in the next segment. Like, let's say you are. The Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Given the, the, the people that are out there or that we expect to maybe be out there, how would we rank them? Let's do that in the next segment because we got two hours today to dig into all the news and notes and also to start to talk about Championship Sunday, Scott. So we got plenty of time. Let's do that in the next segment. The last piece of news that I wanted to ask you about – Um, We talked about Kyler Murray a little bit yesterday, too, right, and kind of like what route he should go. He declared for the draft. We talked about, you know, picking baseball or picking football or maybe something else. Or is he and his baseball agent, Scott Boris, still just kind of playing leverage, right, and playing one against the other, almost like John Elway did, you know, in the mid-'80s when he was drafted with the Yankees. I saw a lot of reports yesterday, Scott, that people are saying Kyler Murray is not a first-round pick in the NFL. Um, You know, scouts, former GMs are saying they don't buy him as a first-round pick. They think he's more of a day-two kind of pick, maybe even a third-round kind of pick. Now, I understand, Scott, that a lot of quarterbacks all of a sudden – get higher and higher grades and get more and more sought after as we get closer to the draft because of the positional need. You know, there have been years where we think, oh, there's only two quarterbacks that will go in the first round. And then all of a sudden these like two other guys kind of enter the fray because of the demand. But if he's really a second or a third round pick, does that change your calculus on like what he should do, go baseball or go football? Because we were thinking about like that money he can get as a first round pick in the NFL. But what if he's, like, a third-round pick? Does that mean he should, like, go to baseball instead? It all
1: depends, obviously, on what the A's offer him. But, uh, you know, I think it's it's kind of obvious that if you're a third- or fourth-round pick, you're not going to make as much as a first-rounder, so there'd probably be more of a incentive for him to go away from football.
2: Yeah, um, you know. It seems pretty I, logical. You would think so, but the people in the polls always confuse me sometimes, Scotty. So how about this? Hey, Bavona, the manimal down there in the fantasy pit of misery, dilly-dilly to you. Here's what I want to do, Chris. I want to put up a poll, and I want to say, you know, if you were Kyla Murray, what sport would you choose? And what's the biggest factor? Is it the money? Is it the fame? Is it the the sport you love? You know, Scotty, yesterday you were talking about how football's his first love. So that shouldn't matter if he's a first-round pick or a third-round pick. If he's truly following the love of the game, then it's football no matter what. You know what I mean, Scotty?
1: Not really. If uh, if if you know, the the Oakland A's offer him a ton more money, you know he's going to go play what, where he can make more money. If it if it's close, you know in terms of what he's going to earn, then he then he could go play the sport that he loves. Okay,
2: fair enough. So how about this, Bavona? Let's set up a poll. We'll put it up over the break. Here's what I want to know. If you were Kyla Murray, what route would you choose? Option A would be like the Oakland A's and my money, my guaranteed $4.5 Option B would be like I'm going to the draft, NFL regardless. Option C would almost be like I'm going to the NFL but only if I'm a first-round pick. Do you think there's another option, Scotty? Is the other option like whatever Scott Boris tells me to do?
1: <laughs> uh, it's not going to be whatever Scott Boris tells him to do. It's obviously his, his own input's going to be huge.
2: All right, so let's go with those options like Major League Baseball, the NFL Draft, or like a conditional kind of choice about the draft, Bavona, like only if I'm a first-round pick. Let's get that poll question up Uh, right now. That's my man, the Maddell over there. He gives us that great music, those great sound effects, and makes us sound good here every morning on Roto Experts in the morning. Uh, We'll get that poll question up. You can find Scotty at ScottyRotoX. Uh, You can find me at Speeds. Uh, over there on Twitter where we put the fun on functional sports content. Scotty, when we come back, here's what we're going to do, okay? We're going to look at these kind of quarterback options that for some of these QB needy teams, the Flacco's, the Foles and stuff, and we'll rank them. We'll see what you think are kind of the best options. We're going to also look at the games. We got early spreads. We got money lines. We got favorites to win the Super Bowl. We got a ton of prop bets that we'll look at. We also have the people here at the Fantasy Sports Network. We did it way too early, to 2019 Fantasy Football Mock Draft. We'll look maybe at the first couple of rounds, say with things that we found interesting, um, you know, and kind of take it from there. I got to tell you, Scotty, your boy over at Roto Experts, Davis Maddock. I am very intrigued by his first two round picks. We'll let the people know why on the other side of the break. We got two hours. We're going to break it all down. Holler at us if you want. 844-843-6879. Answer the poll that Pavona's getting up. We're going to have some fun for two hours here on a Wednesday in January. You might be cold, but we're bringing the heat. It's Roto Experts in the Morning, the spitting Statistician, and the King of Fantasy. Scott Angle, coming back on the other side of the break.
0: DailyRoto.com.
2: Network bow wow wow, you be oh, you be a Scott. I gotta let the people know at the game, just got a gut feeling. No problem. Now you can bet from anywhere, anytime, with the all new MyBookie mobile betting platform. With MyBookie and the mobile betting platform, you'll enjoy the safety and convenience of at home betting when you're on the go. Try it out today. You'll never miss another winning bet. Head on over to MyBookie.ag and open an account with the promo code FNTSY, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to $1,000. Yeah, that's right, $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag. Enter the promo code FNTSY. All right, Scotty, you know, we got a lot to talk about. We only got two games to break down. We will do that a little bit later on. But I think, you know, we are on to something here. Talking about, you know, how If the Philadelphia Eagles are going to ride with Carson Wentz, as it sounds like Doug Peterson has declared already, I think is the right move, given the age, given the financial implications and all of that. That means Nick Foles is going to be out there somewhere. And you have said, Scotty, that you think definitively Nick Foles deserves to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Right. And listen, there's going to be some options. I don't know, Scott. um, I think Jacksonville is going to be in the market for a new starting quarterback. Um, I think Washington might be in the market for a new starting quarterback. I think Miami might be in the market for a new starting quarterback. Are there some other teams that come to mind for you who may be shopping around for another QB1 this offseason?
1: Uh, another QB1. Uh, well, the the, the the AFC East, it looks like you got it. Well, the Giants, I think, you know, uh, p- p- would be okay, the Giants. If uh, you know, the Giants might want to take her out there. What's, what's your feeling
2: of that? I think that the Giants are gonna go a different route. Like what we're doing is gonna be ranking like kind of the uh, available quarterbacks in like pro free agency. What I well, if I had to guess right now, what I think the Giants would do is I think they're going to spend their first round pick on the on the kid whether that's Dwayne Haskins or whether it's, you know, they may even trade up to try to secure that for fear that Jacksonville or another one of these teams might try to leapfrog them. I believe that the Giants are going to spend a first-round draft pick on a quarterback, and I believe they are going to maintain Eli Manning as their starter, and they're going to do one of those baton passes where it's like, you know, Eli starting until, like, the week 10 bye, and the Giants are already, you know, 3-7, and seven, and then they give it over to the kid. I think they're going to do kind of like the slow baton pass. That's what I think the Giants are in for. I
1: really can't see a team other than the three that you mentioned to be Seriously in the market for
2: a starting quarterback. Jacksonville, Washington, Miami. Miami, yeah. All right. What well, I mean, there might be some surprises out there, to be quite honest. You know, I mean, I have been saying, Scotty, that, you know, there's a couple of places where you're hearing buzz on people. For example, um, there's going to be a new head coach in Cincinnati. Right. And I've heard buzz already that Jay Gruden, Dalton's former offensive coordinator in Cincinnati, Washington, is a place where they may be in the quarterback market. You know, could a new head coach come in there and be like, listen, we've seen the maximum potential with this team with the red rifle. It's time to start thinking otherwise. You know, that could be. I've seen buzz about does Gruden, the other Gruden out there on the West Coast, is he truly enamored with Carr or could Carr? be kind of on the move. So I mean, there's always there's always a surprise kind of out there. Maybe maybe Carolina's in the market for a starting quarterback yeah, too, Scotty. Yeah,
1: that we 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 should obviously did that one. Yes. Right? Okay, so
2: so like we said, there's there's four, maybe five, maybe six, who knows. But we're talking about four plus kind of teams that may maybe when, when you look, look at in Cincinnati, the when
1: you look at yeah. Cincinnati, if you look at Oakland, you know, those are teams that Probably be more likely to go in the draft, I would think, and try to That's get a fair. young guy. Because unless, unless the team can get Nick Foles, I don't think there's anything better out there than free agency than Andy Dalton and Eric, Derek Carr.
2: Okay, fair enough. So let's go through some of the options. The one other thing I'll say is I have – I don't know if you've seen, Scotty. I've heard some reports uh, and some buzz about um, the folks up there in Detroit souring on Matthew Stafford as well. Um, have you seen anything on that, Scotty? I've, I've, you know, heard the same kind of things that you
1: have, or read yeah. actually more the same kind of things that you have. But again, well, that that's go to the draft. Where's there an upgrade five. over Matthew Stafford? Right? Where's right, there Grafford? Right. Right. Unless, unless, unless you can get, unless you get, uh, unless you get Nick Foles.
2: Well, Do you think really Nick be Foles is an Matthew upgrade? Stafford? Do you think Nick Foles is an upgrade over Matthew Stafford? I don't. I do. But what? What is? Really? What is? What
1: has Matthew Stafford ever won? Has he I ever mean, won a playoff game?
2: No. No. But so you, I'd you, rather have you, Nick you, Foles. Would, you would rather start a team with Nick Foles over Matthew Stafford. The guy is a winner. Wow! I can't okay. say All that right. about Matthew Stafford. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, all right, so you're saying Nick Foles is kind of the apple of your eye. It does not look like I'm gonna be able to convince you of anybody better than Nick Foles if you don't even think Stafford no, is over Foles. But, but, but I will
1: say this about Nick Foles, he was in the perfect situation. Right. He was in the perfect situation uh because of the coaching staff, but I think I think anybody and look, uh if another coach, like what they did is they finally tuned the system to his abilities, and that's that's good coaching.
2: So it depends on where he goes. Okay, so it still sounds like you you like Foles, though, a bunch. Okay, so I'll say that. So here are some of the other names, Scotty, that these teams, the Jacksonvilles, the Miamis, uh, maybe the Panthers, you know, given this other news. Um, Here's some other guys that they may look to if they don't look to the draft, right? And guys like Dwayne Haskins, maybe Kyler Murray, maybe Will Greer, maybe Drew Locke, these kinds of guys. Um, Behind Nick Foles. Would you say the next best option is Joe Flacco?
1: Uh probably not. I, I think I think Flacco's
2: toasted at this, okay. this point of his career physically. All right. So you got Foles at the top. Flacco's another uh, measuring stick. Uh let's see. Would you put Tarod Taylor ahead of Joe Flacco?
1: Uh yeah, I feel like he's he's more mobile. Uh, he's still got to work on his decision-making, but, uh, you know, as we saw, we saw in Buffalo, if he's not turning the ball over, I think if he, he, he had a, he had a very bad start with the Browns this year, but I, I think, I I don't, I don't know if that's, we can fully write him off just because of that, because we did see him well, play well at times with Buffalo.
2: OK, so let's 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 put ourselves in the mindset of the Washington football team. OK, <clears throat> you're Jay, you're you're Jay Gruden and you're kind of on the hot seat yourself. You know what I mean? Both of the your QB one and your QB two both broke their legs and you have no idea if and when they're going to come back. So you're in the quarterback market. Right. And yeah. you can't get Nick Foles, let's say. Um, and you're saying you would rather try to sign. Terod, and let's say who knows, maybe they're going to draft the quarterback. Maybe they're going to really make their stand, you know, next year in free agency, something like that. You'd rather have Terod than Flacco. I I probably
1: would. Just you know, I'd rather I'd rather have the mobile guy. I, okay. I feel like I feel like Flacco at this point of his career, uh, you, you're really not a good downfield passer anymore. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if I had to compare them just in terms of talent and scouting, I have more confidence in Taylor throwing the deep ball.
2: Okay, okay, so let's go this way then. Um, if you're the Washington football team, what if, What about, where does uh, good old the butler, where does Teddy Bridgewater fit into this?
1: Uh, I I probably, you know, looking at the entire free agent quarterback class, I probably have to rank him second. Now, look, Bridgewater really hasn't proven anything yet. You know, in his career, I think he has, uh, like, 28 touchdown passes and uh, 10, 10, uh, 20 interceptions over over two starting seasons in Minnesota never showed a lot of upside but showed a lot of slow progress I like what I saw in the preseason with him with the Jets but he didn't look yep. good in the season finale uh against uh, against Carolina uh mm-hmm. you know when they got blown out one touchdown one interception and the offense really didn't look good he was getting sacked he was getting pressured. Uh, Bridgewater to me is kind of an, an enigma. There's talent there, but the production has never quite been there. Right. But, but he's younger he, than these maybe, other guys. Yeah, maybe, but maybe, but he hasn't shown anything yet either. So, you know, maybe if he gets into the right situation, coaching wise, with a good quarterbacks coach, uh, I, I think there's more potential there for Bridgewater. But you know, watching him start those those first two years, I felt like he was nothing more than a game manager. But look. Sometimes the game manager, if he can cut down on the mistakes, etc., you know that that's that not necessarily a bad thing. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't excite me, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think that you know that the book is closed and he's going to be terrible
2: either. Okay, so so far it sounds like you're going Foles, then Teddy, then Tarod, then Flacco. I got a couple more names right. I want to throw in there. Okay, but so far that's yeah. the way you're ranking them. Yes. Okay, where? Does uh, Fitzmagic fit into this? Uh, I'd I'd probably
1: put him just ahead of Flacco because I feel like with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a pure backup quarterback. Really shouldn't be starting for an NFL team. He's good enough to lose with. I feel like I can't win ballgames as an NFL team, but Ryan Fitzpatrick is my quarterback. Hello?
2: Hey, what's up, Scotty?
1: Hey.
2: Sorry about that. Brother, man, I don't know. What, Brother, man, I don't difficulties? Know. Yeah, I guess so. A little technical difficulties. Where, what were you saying about Fitzy?
1: I, he's good enough to lose with. Uh, I, I don't feel like, uh, you know, sometimes when you have a backup quarterback, you want him to manage a game, too, and try right. to make turnovers. And, you know, Brian Fitzpatrick is very turnover-prone. Uh you know, somebody, he's somebody I would want as a top backup, but I would not want it to... If I was
2: an NFL general manager, I would not want to go after him as the starter. Got you. Okay, fair enough. And uh, I'm going to ask you two more names, okay, Scotty? This next name is going to sound crazy. But if Teddy Bridgewater hasn't really shown anything, yet he is still kind of young and maybe in the right system he could fit, I'm going to give you a name that is crazy, but maybe... Could be ranked ahead of a Tarot or ahead of a Flacco. Do you know who I'm about to say? Ryan Tannehill? No, but you're very close. It's a similar situation. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. <sighs> What if you're that you team? You know, every team says, I can fix them. We'll coach them up. We'll make them better. This guy was a number three overall pick. This guy is still relatively young. I understand he's a laughing stock on a number of levels, but I mean, there are some tools there. And like if you're a team that's taking a shot, uh, you know, that it's a low stakes kind of thing, like, what if Miami moves on from Tannehill and they wanna, you know, I, I don't know. Like, where would would you rather have Bortles or Terod?
1: Uh, you see, that that that's a tough one. I'll tell you why. You yeah. talk about he's still young and where he was drafted. There's a lot of failed quarterbacks in the NFL where if they, they left their first team, people were saying that the rest of their career was just a mess, and they ended up being a backup quarterback. Blake Bortles has to get into a situation where right away in his first season, you know, he's working with some great quarterback coach to really, like, get rid of those bad habits that he yeah. makes. At best, Blake Bortles is going to be a game manager. Uh, so I would I would probably put him uh, behind Tyrod Taylor because I I feel like with with Blake Bortles you want to
2: teach him not to throw the ball and that's that's not a good thing. <laughs> and yeah. what about Flacco? Bortles above Flacco? You say he's below Tyrod? Is he above Flacco in your in your uh, yes. rankings? He is. Yes.
0: Wow.
2: You know I've been talking about. Um, for a while is how I think Jacksonville may be wanting a guy like Flacco because he is a game manager, because he is a veteran, yet it's interesting that you're saying, like, in a vacuum, you might actually want Bortles over Flacco. We talked about uh, Fitzpatrick. Well, Well, I'm I'm just
1: just ranking them purely if I I want like if I was starting an NFL
2: franchise or
1: something like that, you know. If you're talking about who's the best fit for a better situation, then yeah, you it depends start on the situation. Ranking things a little bit differently because Bortles is yeah. not obviously going to come back. I'd like to see the Bridgewater in Jacksonville is what I like to see.
2: That's interesting. What about yeah. you? Just mentioned Ryan Tannehill. What about him? Like you the Washington be, football actually, team. Let's say
1: he would actually be second on my list because behind Foles, I I I never felt like he had any weaponry. Right and, uh, in, in Miami, I felt like he was never coached properly. Uh, this guy, I always call him Alex Smith Southeast. Right. And you saw with Alex Smith, he could never get deep in the playoffs, but he can win ball games if they put him in the right system right. or the right. Tannehill the right did make the playoffs. playoffs. The
2: only season he was yes.
1: healthy. We we've seen some minor success from Tannehill in the past, so uh, he would probably be second on my list. I've always killed the guy, but it's p- because of the situation. That he's been in, you know, has been part of it too. He's never had any playmakers. His coaches have never been able to get the, the, the most out of him. I think if I'm a Jet fan, I'm scared to death of Adam Gase because oh, I don't think he got a lot out of Tannehill when he was healthy. Right. But we've seen big, big games from Ryan Tannehill here and there. It just needs to be more consistent. If I can't get falls, Tannehill will probably be my best bet. And that's, that's showing you how that's uh, desolate, right. desolate the quarterback landscape
2: is. Uh, so I'm hearing, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Scotty, but you've got it in this order, it sounds like. Foles, then Tannehill, then Teddy Bridgewater, then Tarod, then Blake Bortles, then Joe Flacco, then maybe Orion Fitzpatrick. I got one more name for you because we're not talking about the Andy Dalton's, the Matthew Stafford's, the Derek Carr's. We don't really know if they're going to be available. I got one more name for you. Where would you put the injury-plagued but somewhat talented Sam Bradford?
1: Uh, I, I'd probably put him behind Flacco. He'd probably, be, he'd probably be above last. On my, oh no! Oh excuse no, me. He'd probably be last on my list.
2: Would he be above Fitzpatrick? He'd be behind Flacco. He'd be last. Well, you had Fitzpatrick behind Flacco also, so I'm just making sure. So you have him behind Fitzpatrick and behind Flacco. He would be last on this list. Yes. All right. Fair enough. So that's like, it gives you uh, I've seen
1: I've seen too often what happened in the last two years. Like, he yeah. would go to a new team, and it, as soon as he got comfortable getting a get starting
2: hurt. job in Minnesota and Arizona, he get hurt. Yeah, no, absolutely. So if you're a team, listen, if you're a Giants fan, and you're listening to us right now, and you have the potential of, you know, the number six pick or a higher pick with a trade, and to go and get a kid like Dwayne Haskins, it's either that— And it sounds like what's behind door number two is Nick Foles, Ryan Tannehill, and Teddy Bridgewater. You know, so that's what teams like the Dolphins, the Washington team, the Jaguars, potentially the Panthers, potentially the Giants, you know, that's what they're going to be faced with. You asked me about Eli Manning and what the Giants would do. And I think they're going to maintain Eli and draft a kid. Uh, Would Eli be near the top of this list? Uh,. Which you I'd want
1: prop, Edo, I, Eli or Terod? I, I would I would take Tannehill over Eli. I would take yeah. Foles over Eli.
2: Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, so in there somewhere, right? In the Teddy terod
1: in there some area. It's in there somewhere, but Eli still
2: had the pieces and he could he couldn't get it done this year. So yeah. I'd probably put him behind Tyrod Taylor. That's crazy, I hear you man When we come back, here's what we're going to do We're going to start digging into these games on Sunday we got championship games to discuss Early spreads, early prop bets And a lot more It's Dane and Scott on Roto Experts in the Morning On the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network Give us a shot if you want to join the show
0: New Year, New You. Yeah, you hear that saying every single New Year's Day, right? But It takes money to get that new you for the new year. You need money for that gym membership. You need money to buy the expensive, healthier groceries. And you need money to go on that awesome vacation with the cute girl or guy in your office. But there is something to help you get that money, and it's free. When you download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, you get to listen to the best fantasy sports analysis 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for free fantasy analysis, betting odds, and plenty of entertainment to help you get that money you need to start your New Year's journey. Go to the iTunes or Google Play Store, download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, and start listening to the best fantasy sports and betting analysis in the industry. We want you to drop those holiday pounds. We want you to take that awesome vacation. And we want to see you start 2019 right by downloading the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're here to give you that cash to start a new year with a new you.
2: Back, Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane and Scott putting the fun and functional sports content. And Scotty, when it's wintertime, you know what I like to think of sometimes? I like to think of clear blue skies, beautiful, lush, manicured greens, and the beautiful summer like settings that a golf course affords. And so it makes me think, and you know what? I remember that the DailyRoto.com partnership with DataGolf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. You can get the lineup optimizer, the customizable projections for fan duels and DraftKings, ownership projections, a PGA finish and simulator, and outright and top 20 market betting tools, a subscriber chat, and a whole lot more. Go to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, choose golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's right, DailyRoto.com. Go Premium, click on Golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. All right, Scotty, we got that poll question up as well that our guy, the manimal Chris Bavona, had up. And he asked us, what would we do if we were in Kyla Murray's shoes? Right now, 44% of the people, Scotty, say they would go to the NFL, but only if they were a uh, you know being told that they were going to be a first-round pick. Only 28% say stick with the A's. I'm sort of on the stick with the A's side. You know... I think you're going to still get some money regardless. Uh, And the health is the biggest factor for me. Like, you don't want to be a 5'8 quarterback getting crushed for four or five years. You might lose your brain, Scotty.
1: Yeah, but when you you actually play football and you have a chance to play it for a living and you played it in college, I I don't think necessarily the player looks, looks at it like that. You know, that's his favorite sport. He realizes the inherent risk. Deion Sanders said he would play baseball for the health reasons, but if the money is comparable and he loves football,
2: he's willing to take the risk. He'll he'll go, he'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say, Scotty, I think it's a little bit um, too much, especially in the last couple of years, to say if you have the love, then you're going to risk it. Because we have seen a lot of players with very early retirements saying, you know, I'm just going to walk away. We have seen a rash of that in the last, oh, I don't know, three years, Scotty. Even like we've seen even, you know, Pro Bowl linebackers decide to just walk away. So we have started to see some people choosing health over their love of the game.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, is that you can't take a group of guys and say just because they think like that, that this kid is going to think like that. Everybody's wired differently. Everybody's wired differently. You know, we don't know really. You know, what his thought process is. You know, I think you have to heavily take into account the factor that football is his first love. And if it is, then he might be willing to risk it more than other people.
2: Yep. No, I hear you. All right, Scotty, let's start thinking about these games that we are going to see on Sunday. The first point that I have to make and let people know about, Scotty, and, you know, I know you you are a fantasy king, right? In the betting world, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm introducing you to sometimes new terms, new ways of thinking, right? But check this out. I say all the time, you have to shop around. You have to shop around because there's sometimes different point spreads or different odds. And check this out. Sometimes I'm over at my bookie. Dot Ag Scott, sometimes I'm over on the FanDuel sports book. Right now, the odds on FanDuel to win the Super Bowl. The Saints are plus 175, the Chiefs are plus 250, the Rams and the Patriots are plus 350. So if you are if you think the Rams, let's say, are going to win the Super Bowl, plus 350 means you bet 100 bucks, you're winning 350 bucks. Whether you think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl or not, remember that, Scott. You bet 100 bucks, you'd win 350 bucks. Got it? Cool. Now I go on over to mybookie.ag, and the Saints are plus 160. The Chiefs are plus 200. The Patriots are plus 240, and the Rams are plus 270. So what I'm saying, Scott, is if you like the Rams, you go on over to my uh, FanDuel, you bet $100, you'll win 350. You bet that same $100 over on my bookie. You win 270. It's a different line. It's different. Check this out. The same, you know, it's kind of depressed all over the place. On FanDuel, the Chiefs, for example, are plus 250. But on my bookie, the Chiefs are plus 200. It sounds like we should be betting over on FanDuel because, you know, they have everybody as a longer shot than some other sites. You got to shop around, huh, Scotty? Yeah, you certainly have. and With those odds, I
1: I, I don't know if I want to go with the Patriots or the Rams, really. I feel very uncomfortable with it, but I Mm -hmm. do want to be a little daring, so I'd probably go with Kansas City.
2: Yeah, the Chiefs are the second choice right now at plus 250. Everybody, whatever shop you're at, has the New Orleans Saints as the favorites right now, to win the Super Bowl. But they would have to get past the NFC Championship game at home against the Los Angeles Rams. Scotty, the Saints are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total in this game is 56-and-a-half. Here's one thing that I think is interesting, Scotty. Yesterday, the total on this game was 57. So the money and the action is coming in on the under in this game, forcing the book to move the total down already half a point. Can you make an argument for the under in in this game, Scotty, Rams-Saints, or do you think this is just going to be another one of those crazy high-scoring games the same way it was, oh, I think in like week, I don't know what it was, like maybe week uh, eight of the NFL season when these guys played already. Uh, Rams-Saints, any reason to take the under?
1: Uh, I think it's very daring. The only case you could make for it is how the Saints have uh, you know, held their opponents down on the scoreboard. Uh, I, th- I think it was between weeks, uh, I want to say 13, no, 11 to 15. They only allowed seven, more than 17 points once, and you mm. saw what they did last week. Basically, uh, after the first quarter, there was nothing there for the Eagles, but they're facing a much more potent offense, and I, th- I-, I think the Rams can find various
2: ways to score here, so it's hard for me to go to with the under. Yeah, I hear you on that. One thing that I think is also going to be interesting for this Saints defense is they sustained a big-time loss in last week's game against Philly that maybe people aren't thinking about as much because it's not a sexy name. Uh, But Sheldon Rankin's. Their, you know, their tackle right in the middle. I think he suffered. I think it was a torn Achilles. You know, regardless, he's out. You know, and so when I think about also what I saw out of the Rams against Dallas with CJ Anderson pounding it up the middle with Todd Gurley running with them running for you know two hundred and seventy some odd yards, could it? Could it be? Scotty, that the Rams also see the Saints defense getting pressure, see guys like Marshawn Lattimore on the outside and are like, oh, wait a second, there's a hole now in the front line of this defense. We've been showing people we can run the ball and punch people in the mouth. Could the Rams lean heavier on the run uh, with a guy like C.J. Anderson up the middle with no Sheldon rankings there?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of reasons to do it. The NFL, when a team has a weakness, the opponent usually goes after that. They're going to see if... You know they can run the ball up the gut, and you know, take advantage because if that does, that pretty much opens up everything else. takes takes pressure off the quarterback, etc. gives them offensive balance. Uh, maybe you can control time of possession there, and they can do it with two outstanding running backs, or at least one outstanding running back and a guy who's out, looked outstanding recently. Right. There's something to take advantage of there. And if they can do that, they could set up play action for golf, and it gives them a op- lot of offensive balance. But you know, at the same time, the Saints know defensively that they're going to try to do that, and you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they bring it up. To, you can't bring up a safety more in the box against a team like the Rams. But the Rams, how are yeah. they? How, how how are they going to defend that? Uh, e- even if even if they're not running up the gut effectively, though, they have so much. Offensive balance. Where if the Saints start selling out a bit more to stop that, well, then Jared Goff can go to the air. So Hello, really Brandon changes, Cooks. It it really changes the flexibility in the playbook and the attack
2: for, for for the Rams. I agree with you. You know, if the Saints have to, in any way, shape, or form, commit more to the run game. Right. Then that by definition means they're committing less to the passing game. And with guys like Brandon Cooks, who can go over the top in what is something of a revenge game, I guess. Right. Because he's a former saint. Yes. Um, and your boy like Robert Woods and, you know, and Robert Woods out there as well. Josh Reynolds, the tight ends. If you commit more to the run game against these Rams, you could be in trouble. Now, let me ask you something. Scotty, because one of the other things I see here over on the FanDuel Sportsbook that I think are incredible and fun is these player prop parlays, Scott. So what they have is a number of things like uh, parlaying one of these teams to win and one of the players to have a big game. So, for example, it's a 4'10" which is kind of interesting meaning you bet 100 bucks you win 410 bucks if check this out you parlay the Rams winning the game and Todd Gurley to run for over 100 you know you get you get plus 360 on the Rams winning the game and Jared Goff to throw for over 300 you get you know say plus 390 on the Rams winning the game and Brandon Cooks to have over a hundred yards receiving. Let's say you agree, let's say you are of the mindset that you think the Rams are gonna go into New Orleans and win the NFC championship game. Which player would you want to try to parlay a prop with? You know, which player on the Rams, Scotty, do you think might be very key to this effort? You know, so you would be like, yeah, I'll bet the Rams to win and, you know, like Robert Woods to have 100-plus receiving yards. What player do you think will be really key that you might want to parlay in a prop bet with the Rams winning on Sunday?
1: I would I would probably parlay C.J. Anderson. Again, we yeah. talked about this loss of Sheldon Rankin. Uh, you know, they actually had to sign a lineman off the street to address their depth. They might rotate guys. They're a defensive tackle. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think they're going to use a lot of C.J. Anderson up the gut and on the inside. The Saints have been really good against the run all year long, but, you know, this is a loss that could, could hurt them in that regard. So if I'm, being, if I'm being ballsy, I'm being very
2: daring, Daring, I'm, I'm parlaying C.J. Anderson. That's very, very interesting. Um, you could do that and you would win a pretty penny, okay? You could do that and get at least 450 on your money. So you bet 100 bucks on that, that C.J. Anderson will once again go for over 100 and that the Saints would win? excuse me, and that the Rams would win, you put down 100, you win 450 bucks. Is there anybody on the other side, on the Saints? Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but so far early on, Scott, am I right that you're leaning towards New Orleans in this one?
1: Yes. You don't have to be official, but yeah, I would definitely be parlaying Kamara. I think he'd be huge in this game.
2: Interesting. Now, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Scott, because you can do two different ones pairing the Saints with Alvin Kamara. What do you think is better? And they're similar. One's like plus 250. One's plus like 220. The Saints to win and Kamara to rush for 100 yards or the Saints to win and Kamara to have 50 yards receiving. Which one do you like better? Oh, easily the 50 yards receiving. Well, that's a lower odds too. You're going to get less money on your thing. It, so for the Saints and Kamara, well, fifty. I'm going to tell that. you, yeah. So for the Saints and Kamara, fifty plus yards receiving, it's plus two fifteen right now. So you right. bet hundred bucks, you win two hundred fifteen bucks with the that's Saints nice. and Kamara. With the Saints and Kamara, hundred yards rushing is plus two fifty. So you get a bit more on your hundred dollars. Plus two ten would be the Saints and Ingram to rush for fifty. Plus 200 would be the Saints and Michael Thomas to get 100 yards receiving. Plus 280 for the Saints and Michael Thomas to be over 150. And then you get which one of the – I think this one is interesting. Ooh, you know how much I love my man Teddy Ginn Jr. You can get plus 200 on the Saints to win the game and Ted Ginn to have 50 yards receiving. I think he had like 44 last week, but you know they targeted him.
1: I what go, do you want to pair go, with a Saints victory? Oh, and by the way, last one,
2: sorry, Scott, last one, plus 200 on the Saints to win and Drew Brees to throw for 300.
1: Yeah, I'm not totally keen on that. I'd, I'd go with Kamara with the receiving yards. Mm-hmm. He actually had 34 receiving yards in the first meeting, but uh, I, I believe I believe he could do it. If I'm feeling super gutsy, I'm going over 100 rushing yards because the Rams were 27th against the rush this
2: year. All right, all right, interesting. Yeah. Um, wait, against the rush? Yes. So why are you going Kamara with the fifty receiving yards then? I just feel
1: he's going to be very very busy in the in the, the pass game? game. Yeah. Okay. And that's I interesting. think 50's, I
2: think fifties is an easy number for him to get to. He could do that on one screen pass, bro. You know what I mean? Yes, like if he exactly. ba- if he breaks one, you know, you know, these guys like him, a James White kind of guy, you know, something like that. He could break it. Tariq Cohen, you know, comes to mind. He gets one screen pass that's blocked well, and he hits that proper well. Uh, and the Saints win. And he hits that right there. But I think that's interesting, Scotty. You compare what you think with one of the players. Let me ask you this, Scotty. Here's another uh, big big question. They always put props out there on who is the player to score the first touchdown of the NFC Championship game. You got uh, Kamara at 550, Gurley and Michael Thomas in the 600s, Robert Woods and Mark Ingram in the 900s, Cook, C.J. Anderson, Ted Ginn Jr., around 1,000, do you like one of those guys, or would you go completely off the radar and do something like, you know, a Keith Kirkwood for plus 2,300, a Gerald Everett for plus 3,400, a Taysom Hill for plus 3,400, something like that? Who do you think might score the first touchdown in the game? How would you see the early game flow and things like that, you know, to to lend itself to this? I could see interest in C.J. Anderson. If the like Rams Taysen, get inside the I like five. Taysen,
1: I like Taysen Hill as very daring. Sure, I'll uh, get that cash. But the one that I would probably lay the odds on, I feel the Saints are going to score first. Okay. And, you know, they use Mark
2: Ingram a lot Ingram. near the goal line, so Ingram would probably be my guy. Listen, and Ingram is the fifth choice in this right now. You know, you got, like I said, Kamara, 550, Gurley, 650, Thomas, 600, Woods 900 along with Mark Ingram at 900 I think that's a smart bet to be quite honest Scotty you know when the Saints do get close Ingram is on the field they give him the ball in the red zone that could be interesting it really the first decision you have to make right is like do you think the Rams or the Saints would score first that kind of thing because if you think the Rams score first maybe you get a girly a CJ Anderson someone like a Robert Woods perhaps you know maybe you take a flyer on a Josh Reynolds something like that but it's Sounds like you're on the Saints, and so then Mark Ingram because of becomes a very interesting guy. Scotty, why don't you lay why don't you lay a hundred bucks on that, Scotty? Hundred bucks, you'll win nine hundred bucks. You could buy you know you could buy all sorts of stuff going for the Super Bowl. You could buy that new Seahawks jersey you were telling me about that long sleeve thermal Seahawks jersey.
1: I already have that, but uh, oh. uh, you know it, if if I get any more money coming in, I'll maybe, maybe I'll go on a trip.
2: That's what I'm saying, little Mark Ingram, yeah. little Mark Ingram. I Ingram's have I have so touchdown. many
1: jerseys and so much, so much uh you know apparel that I don't I don't need anything else. The man who has everything. What do you get for the? There man is what there everything? is one there is one thing I don't have though that's very hard to find because uh you know I did have the money to purchase it five years ago. I want a white Seattle Seahawks jersey. With uh, with pretty much any prominent player on it that has the Super Bowl 48 mm. patch on it. Nice, yeah, the Super Bowl patch that is pretty cool. Listen, I have Scottie, a blue Russell Wilson with the Super Bowl patch, but I'd love to get like a Earl Thomas or a Cam Chancellor with like the uh, the white with like uh the Super Bowl 48 logo. Would you on get it. a
2: Percy Harvin? I'm conflicted on that. <laughs> I mean, he was big in that game, right? Hey, Scotty, just bet Mark I called first that, touchdown. I should have did that prop that deal. That's a prop bet you could have got. Our guy Rich has the Pats at plus 650, and the Rams at plus 500 because he got it back in the regular season. I got a couple shekels on some of these guys as well. When we come back, it'll be FST. We'll talk about the AFC title game, some props. We'll have some fun. Dana Scott, come on back.
0: Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.